Hey, Santa. Hey, Phil. Um, do you want to have a chit chat? Cause you know the world's on fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's like, have a chit chat. Although, like, it's not like Australia. It's it's the other kind. Oh, it's, it's just the storming. It's the storm kind. It's it's dumpster fire 2.0. Woohoo! Cue music. <laughs> And welcome to another fine episode of Panage Talking Games. I'm one of your hosts, Phil. And I'm your other host, Senda. And for tonight's episode, we are going to return to our pandemic classic format of a chit-chat, which means the show is neither edited nor numbered as one of our standard shows. Now, I don't edit anything anymore, really, so that part isn't different. The chit-chat <laughs> format. The chit-chat <laughs> format is a uh, lighter, more casual format. Um, it's not focused on a single gaming topic. We are going to talk a little bit about gaming stuff and maybe have a little conversation. We're also going to talk about some uh, regular life stuff, but um, the timing of this episode comes uh, the Monday after uh, the Trump insurrection um, occurred. And um, needless to say, uh, we are um, a little wrung out uh, emotionally, mentally um, from, (laughs) you know, uh, the Trump insurrection, which is what I'm calling it. And, um, you know, on top of the pandemic, because there is also still a pandemic, which, which has reached like, which has reached <laughs> new heights in the number of people who've passed away over the week. But literally the instruction is so bad that like, I haven't actually dedicated nearly enough brain space to my normal worrying, um, about yeah. the pandemic. So needless to say, yeah. In the um, in the sake of our mental health, uh, we wanted to remain on the air um, because one, uh, we both find comfort in chatting with each other, uh, so that is actually good for us, spoon wise. And we hope that um, for many of you, hearing us is something that gives you a spoon or two along the way. Um, so what we did was we just fell back onto our original pandemic format. So the chit chat's going to for- is going to consist of two parts: um, things in gaming that's giving us life. And things uh, outside of gaming that's giving us life. And once again, uh, we credit uh, our uh, friends uh, at the Gauntlet, um, where I learned the phrase giving me life. I don't think they coined it, but that's where I learned the phrase was from the Mm -hmm. Gauntlet podcast. Uh, And I never like to, uh, I, I don't mind stealing shticks from people, but I always like to give credit where, (laughs) where, where credit is due. So, um, Mm -hmm. so that goes way back to some early gauntlet stuff with Jason Cordova um, and the giving me life um, section of the gauntlet podcast. So we're going to figure out because in these incredibly dark times, um, what is giving us life? Cause there are, there are these little glimmers um, and it's basically what we've had to do all year is find these like little pockets of, of like, like things that are good, feel good, feel good, taste good, are good, whatever, um, that we can string along, like, you know, f- <laughs> you know, have this little pocket of good and then anxiety and depression and frustration and then another pocket of good and that kind of thing. Yep. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look. Um, I mean, <laughs> I have nothing uh, to add to that. That was no. just accurate. <laughs> I mean, look. I think it's been clear all year. Like. We could do a podcast where we pretend like none of this stuff exists, right? Like we just come on and, hey, topic, topic, you know, chit chat, blah, 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 be funny. But the truth of the matter is, like, we're honest here and we're honest about mental health and like this shit is hard. Um, and it would be easy to just kind of give up and lay on the couch and we uh, we could do that, but we chose not to because we wanted I, to. I left my couch nest to record this with you. <laughs> I, My couch nest was truly a fluffy. I have it's now. It's all of the fleece that has like the lamb's wool texture. That's like the super fluffy kind. And I have the sweater on, and I have the socks that Andy gave me for Christmas because every Christmas that she's been my roommate, the socks that she's given me have gotten warmer and warmer because my feet are always cold. <laughs> so this year she succeeded in getting me socks that are like two layers of ultra thick fluff and i I'm had my matching like fluff blanket and i got up because I'm i wanted tip to her record off to the this. next one which is the usb heated socks <laughs> like, you can just like push a button and they will warm up like that's like i mean the only problematic part of that is like where do i plug the usb in that's in the handy to relation to my feet you know well, you, like, don't, you don't wear them while they're plugged in. Oh, you, you don't? You charge, you charge them. them? Oh, my God. <laughs> I need my, office mate had a, my office mate had a pair of gloves like this for golfing. Like, you plug socks. them into charge, and then you wear them to the golf course, and you just oh, no. like push a button, and they warm up. I don't know if I can wait till, like, the next gift-giving holiday for these. <laughs> like, I'll might, go take a look. This might have to be a sooner thing. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> All right. So anyway, anyway the point nest. the point being is the point being is that look, look. Um if you are in the US, it's pretty dark right now. Like it's not good. And if you're outside the US, I'm sure you are looking at us like, "Oh my god, what is going on over there?" Yeah, I think and we have the same feelings. <laughs> um I guess what we'd like you to know from inside the US is that um, for many of us, I don't want to speak for all of us, but like, I am full of rage, like, <laughs> and the only way I've been able to express it is I went on a tweet storm over like, oh, like from like, I don't know, Thursday, Friday, whatever. I don't know if it was healthy or not. I'm, I'm surprised I haven't been blocked by several congressmen for some of the things I have said to people like congressmen and stuff online. Um, it is how I coped with it. It is not a great time. We have nine more days to get through, and I don't think they're going to be very easy days. Um, and I'm just going to take this opportunity to say that... Um, there is this really wonderful app slash website called Five Calls that um, y'all can just go look at. It gives you your representatives. It gives you a script for those of us with social anxiety. So you don't have to come up with the words or anything. You just pick what issue you want to talk about. And there's a lot. Although I'm going to tell you the one at the top of the list right now is impeachment. Um, and, and you can call and communicate um, you know, your feelings effectively um, and sort of be counted in the number uh, to your representatives. So 
Um, that always makes me feel at least like I did something. I tried. I did a thing. Yeah, I'm uh, with you. Boy, uh, I mean, now the Georgia elections are over, so I'm I'm not just like throwing random money at Georgia anymore, which, which also by the way, helped. By the way, nice job. Thank nice you, job, for, Georgia. Thank, thank you for you. your support. Well done. And thank you for the people of Georgia for <laughs> yeah <laughs> doing such a fine job. I don't know if we have any listeners in Georgia. I like to think we do. Um, if we do, um, we have many much hugs for you. Like yeah, thanks for thanks for bringing it home. Yeah, that was probably pretty intense. anyway (laughs) moving right along moving right along it's our time to actually uh find a little good in the world um and we're going to start by talking about um what is giving you life in gaming do you you want me to start (laughs) i i will leave it up to you 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 decide um sure i can start well so so the thing that i will say i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna sneak like 30 seconds of the second thing in here Okay, so I'm playing our traveling home with my current game group, and I know I've been talking about this game a ton. I'm really excited for when it's on Kickstarter. Don't miss it. It's going to be, I think, the first February I'm is when sure Ash any, said. I'm pretty sure if anyone follows you, they'll know when, they'll, when the Kickstarter you'll starts. You'll know. Um, I will be tweeting about it up a storm. So I, 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 But I've been talking about it a bunch, right? So I didn't want to make that my thing again. Um, so <laughs> it's a great game, and I love it. And Howl's Moving Castle is one of my favorite Studio Ghibli films. And so, you know, just, you know, take that as you will. Anyway, so it, it kind of needed an honorable mention. But the thing that I did last night um, to make myself feel better <laughs> was that um, a while ago, I backed uh, Gian Shim's Field Guide to Memory, right? And uh, and that's it's a solo RPG in which your mentor who you're... you're like in cryptozoology and your cryptozoologist mentor disappeared hunting for this, you know, creature that no one's ever seen or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you're sorting through kind of all of the, the paraphernalia of her life, um, piecing things back together. And it's something that is going to be played out over the month of February that you actually, you don't see anything, but that day's prompts, like they're, they're going to send it to you in an email. Um, so it's going to be a daily thing for a while. And I'm really, really excited about it because um, it's a thing that gives you like a, a specific scheduled like task, which in these days of like, does time even exist? Like, I really appreciate that stuff. And like, do I think that I'll probably get off sometimes and like have to do two in one day or something? Probably yes, but that's okay. Like, it's gonna be all right. Um, anyway, so I talked about this before because I was going to jet pens to find the perfect notebook. Um, I believe I believe in a previous episode of <laughs> of, of uh, talking games we discussed. Um, Notebooks. Getting the proper pen. And yes, the pen. We did talk a bunch about pens. <laughs> pens so and anyway, notebooks. I have, in fact, now placed my jet pens order, um, in which I have purchased a Rhodia um, notebook, which will be lovely, um, and a, a couple of very, um, very fine point pens, finer than you can really get in the U.S., which is nice because I like them fine. Um and uh, and a couple of things to bring the shipping up to free. <laughs> I mean, look, this is look look. This is how jet pens gets you. Like, I need a pen and a notebook. Oh, like it used to be free shipping at twenty five dollars, and then I think after the pandemic, it became yeah, free shipping like at thirty five dollars. And it's not hard 
to get to thirty-five dollars. No. It's the trick no. is it's really like the price is right. Like how close can you get to thirty-five dollars? <laughs> so like because I started like needing fifteen dollars worth of stuff. Yeah. I'm gonna buy another twenty, but I'm trying not to buy another fifty. Right. I mean, yes. so I I had twenty six dollars and 85 cents in my card or whatever right when i had the pens that i wanted and the notebook that i wanted for field guide to memory so then i added these adorable folders and then i needed like and that brought it up to like 32 and i was like okay so then i was like do i get something that i sort of want for like 350 or do i get this other pen that i really actually do want for another six dollars so then it was like you know 40 bucks but anyway all of that aside i'm very delighted because i love to get adorable Japanese stationery. It's so cute. Oh, look, I, on it. I am so taken with like functional and adorable at the same time. Wait till I get this brush pen. Anyway, I may also use this brush pen for this because. Uh, yeah, why wouldn't you? Oh, it's so good. It's one of those little tiny ones. Okay. Um, moving right along because this was not the purpose of my giving me life, but obviously this is part of why it's giving me life. Um, so a, I ordered that stuff. I'm really excited about it. And I'm really excited about it in the way that back, way back towards the beginning of the pandemic, when we were writing letters and stuff in my game group, being able to create and have that like personal creation time that has no expectations um, from anyone except myself um, and be able to like engage in that creative process and the creation of that space through the physical tools that I am investing in for the playing of this game, which is like when I got all the letter stuff, right? Like I got the wax and I got the seals and I got the everything. Um, so I want to just jump in real quick. Yeah. With, um, Cause I have, I have, I've been listening Mm-hmm. And I want to tease out a uh, gaming topic here. Sure. Because we are still a gaming podcast, of course, right? Yes. So I listening to you, what I've hit on is that there was a piece of advice that David Allen gives in uh, Getting Things Done when he talks about uh, setting up your system for uh, managing your time, right? And th- and I and I I remember, like, I can remember clearly where I was when I first heard this, and it was one of the... Um, is one of the most profound things I've heard um, about time, about, about that kind of like time management and stuff, but it applies directly to RPGs as well, um, which is the, um, the intensity by which you will engage a, you, you will engage a thing is proportional to how much you enjoy the tools you use to, by which you engage it. Right. And so, um, what you're doing here is like you're really excited for you're really excited for this new game, um, and now you're making yourself really excited about the tools you're going to use to play the game, which now like further enhances your excitement for Correct. this game because it's not even just playing the game. Now it's about like using this cool notebook and and thinking about the choices of like um, I can sketch this thing and I can do it with a brush pen or I can do it with you know like I can do it with some pencil work or I could do like even watercolor if I, I don't know if that page supports watercolor or not yeah, I mean it's rodeo it's it's, it's, it's I don't reasonable. know you should like, test that part but I could pull it off but you know but the point being is that um, it is a thing to consider when we are uh, playing games when we are playing new games and I'm actually going to even dovetail into this a little as well. Cause I'm going to make this topic sprawl a little, um, <laughs> but 
giving consideration to the tools that we use and recognizing that um, if you are not excited about the tools you are using to play a game, it hinders your ability to play the game. Yes. Right. And so, um, and even if you have tools that you like, tools can get stale. And like, that's kind of where um, I am right now, because as you know, as part of my coping mechanism, I have wanted to buy something really yes. bad the last couple of days. Yes. And I'm getting closer to buying an Apple Pencil for my iPad. Yep. And I'm starting to think along the lines of how will this Apple Pencil change mm-hmm. how I engage my games right now? Yes. Right? Because I've had a pretty optimal system yep. for engaging my games for some time. Yeah. But now I'm starting to like I'm starting to entertain the thought like perhaps it's time to shake some of that up. Yeah. And and do some things differently um in part because then it will make me excited. Yeah. Um like running stuff again. Yeah. Like not that I'm not excited running stuff cuz I'm going to talk about some stuff in a minute, but it will just make things more exciting. Yeah. Well, um and, and, and yeah, does that does it, do you want to play off that or do you want to just like I mean, switch topic, whatever you like? Yeah, I mean, like that that is a lot of it right there, right? And it's really interesting. Like, I've almost been thinking about, and I've been warning my friends, like I might write you a letter in character again, just because I want to engage those tools again, right? And yeah. having the tools that I created, making my own stationery, having the stamps, having the wax seals, all of that stuff really engaged me in that game and I think it's part of the reason I kept writing letters for like months after everybody else was like I don't have time for this and I was like that's okay I'm just gonna keep sending you letters because I'm enjoying myself right and I like partially because I enjoyed where I was as a character and it no longer mattered if they responded or not in fact it was pretty funny to send them letters that were like how dare you not respond to me I need all of I'm trying to save the magical world and you're not giving me the dragon scale I require you know um but but like another part of that was just like I had all this cool stuff and I was having lots of fun with the tactile part of actually like writing the letter because I invented a handwriting and everything for this character, right? Like, and then signing the letter with my little paw print stamp. I shouldn't say I I created the handwriting of her familiar, who was the human girl who was writing the letters because she's a cat and doesn't have opposable thumbs. So she dictates. So she signs them with a little paw print, which I have a stamp for and write all of that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, so it was that. So I'm really excited to engage on that level with field guide to memory and like we're getting closer to February, my friends. Um, so the only other thing that I wanted to add to that is unfortunately that Kickstarter is closed now. You have missed it. If yes. you didn't catch it, you did miss it. However, um, there is a really uh, neat looking bundle of solo RPGs called Solo But Not Alone um, currently on itch. Um, which you could go get for $10 or more, of course. And it is supporting, um, let's see, it's supporting a charity called Jasper's Game Day, which is an organization dedicated to making sure that people know that they're not alone and helping in suicide prevention, right? So if you would like to engage in something like this, um, that is a really neat looking collection of games. I've been flipping through it. I'm probably going to jump in on that (laughs) because I'm like more solo games this would be cool i don't know if i'm gonna 
Quaco whole hog investing like a notebook for every single one of them, right? But like, um, I am excited about the idea of doing more things like this. And I think that when Field Guide to Memory is over, I may pick up some more of these ones. So I'm probably just going to get this whole bundle so that I have them sitting and ready for me. And actually, I was chatting with Becky Anderson on Twitter. Um, and she is doing something similar because we actually had a notebook conversation about like, oh my gosh, what notebook are we going to use for Field Guide to Memory? Ah, right. And she's doing a traveler's notebook situation like you had started doing, Phil. But she's doing oh, yeah. it so that she can have one of the little insert notebooks for mm-hmm. each of the solo games she's playing because she's intending to play a bunch of them. And then they each have their own notebook and they won't get mixed together, which yeah. is brilliant. So, I, I mean, I definitely did the Traveler notebook thing for a while. I, um, I struggled with it in that um, I struggled in it that if you leave them in the notebook... Um, It is harder and harder to write write with them. But the actual notebooks themselves, like if you take them out, are soft cover. They're, you know, kind of weird shaped if you get the tall one. Yeah. Um, But it is, they're quite lovely to write on. Like I I wrote a bunch on uh, several of those notebooks and then you could, like you can fit them back in. Flip it back in. Yeah. But I I mean, it just seemed like a really effective way to use a multi mini notebook together in one binding system to be able yes. to say, you know, this this notebook is for Field Guide to Memory and this other one is for someone else's game and, like, you know, have all that stuff separated. Um, I'm not sure how I'm going to manage that. I will, I will do that. We'll see what happens with that. But anyway, so I think that's the thing that's giving me life right now is, um, is that excitement about new tools with which yeah. to engage a new game um, so that I am excited both about the game itself and about the tools and about the creative endeavor and, like, I'm going to be honest, part of what's exciting about this game for me, part of the reason that I was like all in in terms of backing it, um, not only does it sound like it creates a very neat experience as you play through it, it also sounds like it has the potential to create a very cool artifact once you are done, which is the reason that I was like, I need a really neat notebook for this because this is a game that is going to generate this artifact that I'm going to want to be able to keep and go back to. It's going to be really neat. So, so I um, I used to be really big into Moleskine notebooks. Yeah, um, yeah. When they <laughs> first, like when they first reemerged, and um, I I went to um Paris on my honeymoon. Yeah, and um. My notebook that was with me during my time in Paris is full of, um, it's full of all sorts of artifacts. Like it has like some general notes, like, and it even has like stuff just written down, like not to forget, like when are the museum hours for the Louvre and things like that. Right. But also, um, every night I would kind of like plan out the day, like which subways we had to take, which stops, and I would sketch the subway map into the notebook just for the lines that we were taking stuff. So that notebook has like all these like really like I'm terrible at drawing, but it has like my terrible drawings along with all these different notes, as well as like um, most kinds always have this envelope in the back cover where you can put things. So there are like tickets and receipts and stuff like that um, stuffed in them. So yes, I totally get it. Like I totally get the idea of having a physical artifact. Yeah, of uh, an experience. Uh, of an experience, absolutely. Yeah, it's very exciting. It's fantastic. I, I'm going to... Um, it is the thing I will do again 
um, in future travels is to um, is to have that kind of notebook and artifact experience. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that would be fun. Cool. A great topic. Yeah. Like really fantastic topic. The discussion of tools. And I highly encourage people that if um, if you're feeling a little stale uh, with your tools, it is okay to shake it up. And maybe you won't like it. Maybe you'll like try it and then go back to what you were doing before. Maybe you'll try it and love it. Um, but I highly recommend, like, if you want to increase your engagement, either either be excited about your tools. And if you're not excited about your tools, do something to be excited about them. Yeah. I'm yeah. So I'm excited about this game on all fronts, which is great. So that's what's giving me life. I'm like, now I just got to count down the days. Yeah. To February. So Phil. What's giving, yeah. what's giving you life? So I'll try, uh, what's called? I'll try not to make, um, I'll try not to make this too long, but, um, I had this really interesting, um, I, I've been connecting some dots while we were talking, Yeah. but what I'll start with what initially gave me, um, inspiration. So I'm, uh, you know, as you know, I've been playing Forbidden Lands for some time yes. and, uh, I'm playing this, I'm playing their published campaign, the Raven Purge, which let me tell you. Um, the Raven Purge is literally a book of here's a whole bunch of possible stuff. Here's some suggestions of how it connects together. Here's the ending. Good luck. <laughs> like Bye. it is very much just like a <laughs> toolbox worth of places, locations, people with a few suggestions along the way. And then an ending, which is like, once you kind of do all this other stuff, you could do the ending. Right. Which is kind of a cool way to set up a um, campaign. So anyway, that's not the thing that was making me excited. So um, in the game, my characters are now hunting for these um, three jewels that are in these three artifacts. Right. And I have to be a little vague here because I don't know if any of my players are listening to this podcast. Bob might. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, exactly. I don't know if Bob's listening to any podcast, but just in case, I got to be a little vague here. Um, So I'm in the middle of the session and the players are um, leaning towards like they've been doing research about one particular artifact. And I was like, good, this is good. Cool. I kind of I kind of understand the um, breadcrumbs I need to kind of lay down to get them onto the quest path. Sure. Okay. But as I was doing that and as we were playing, like we were in the middle of scenes and we were um, we were doing some uh, good role play. Um, This was another uh, interlude uh, session. Mm -hmm. We were doing some role play stuff and. In the middle of it, I suddenly came up with the inspiration of where to put one of the artifacts. Um, and, and in doing so, tying it to another plot line that I've had running in the background. Yeah. So it was just this like great moment of, of um, confluence where uh, two things come together. Yeah. Because I'm kind of like in my head, like I'm, I'm, I'm doing all this, you know, like, I mean, you know how this is when you're a GM, right? So I'm doing this, like I'm, I'm chatting with the players and we're role playing and they're talking to each other. And in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, I got this whole other storyline. What the hell am I going to do with this storyline? Like I've put it out there and it's interesting, but I don't necessarily think the players gonna, are going to fully bite on it. At the same time, I also haven't placed the other um, artifacts in the world. Like I have suggestions where to put them, but I haven't committed to anything. Right. And then finally I was like, Oh, chocolate peanut butter. <laughs> like, oh, chocolate peanut butter moment. This artifact needs to go into, into this storyline. And now this storyline goes from moderately interesting to way cooler. Yeah. Like, way cooler. Um, and so I just, like, 
I, I quickly, as I as I often do in the middle of a session, I just like I'm in my index cards out and I quickly wrote it down. Like I just wrote myself the note, like oh, this is where this thing is. And then I was like profoundly pleased with myself, right? <laughs> like I was like, oh, that is good. Like <laughs> that is good. Um, so it got me thinking again about inspiration, which got me remembering which reminded me of some other stuff that I've been kind of going through over the last week or two about, I've been playing a lot of traditional games, as you know, like right now I'm currently running like DCC, uh, Numenera and uh, Forbidden Lands. All of these yeah. are very traditional games, uh, games without uh, partial successes, whatever. And um, I've been struggling with this for, I've been struggling with this because I realized one of the things I've been missing this year, because I have played, um, Forbidden Lands and DCC all year long. Yes. Like for a year. They've been going and long going. Numenera is like, Numenera is like um, a few months old. Yeah. So I realized the thing I'm missing is the excitement as a GM of improvising and connecting the dots. Yeah. Right. It's, it's the reason I love Powered by the Apocalypse games. Yeah. Um, because I love when a player gets a seven, you know, like seven to nine and hits me up with something like, uh, make me a worse deal. Right. Right. Or, um, you know, I have to come up with a hard bargain. Right. right? Like I love, I love the, um, the jolt that comes with having to think Mm -hmm. about that. And with traditional games with binary pass fails, like it doesn't happen as much. Like it happens a little in Numenera. Right, I like the GM intrusion lets you do that to some extent, and and if a player rolls a one, you get a free GM intrusion, so you get like a little of it. Sure, but statistically not a lot. Well, like, and it's still not quite the player being like, "I've made this choice. Now you have to kind of make it happen." Correct. Right, like that's key. Correct. It's the the and one day we could talk about this in either here or I'll talk about it in the Mr. Mark. The GM intrusion is really a great way for a GM to pace. Um, a story because it allows them to um, up the stakes when things are flat. Yeah. By just paying for it. Yeah. Right. It's it's a really cool tool. But you're right. What 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 a powered by the apocalypse game does is, and again, it you know every powered by the apocalypse game talks about this, right? It's a conversation. Yeah. But also when you engage the mechanics of the game, there's a bit of volley that goes back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially on the seven to nine, right? So on the 10 plus, it's just the player gets what they want. We narrate it out. And on the six minus, um, it's a one way volley, right? Like it immediately goes to me and I got to come up with something and we play through it. But I really love the seven mm-hmm. to nine, right? Which statistically is the, the most likely. Yeah. The most likely outcome. Right. And I love it because I know that when I've looked at the moves that I've written for hydro hackers, the seven to nine moves are like my favorites. favorite moves. <laughs> like, for instance, the one come across, which is the social one. Yeah. The seven to nine is you get what you want, but um, you have to pick one of these emotions, right? That the that the that you have inflicted upon the NPC. Yeah. Right. And then as a GM, I don't know which one you're going to pick, but I got to role play it. Yeah, you got to like, be that. Yeah. Right. Now on a six minus, I get to pick it. Right. So right. that's fine. I like I like it. But on the seven to nine, the player looks and is like, oh, he, uh, she demands something up front. Yeah. And, and then I got to jump in and be like, what am I going to yeah, demand What up is front? that? <laughs> yeah. Right. And I really, 
really like that. Um, and I know, so I, I, I can hear people already getting ready to fire up their Twitters. I know <laughs> that all that happens naturally when you are just having narrative dialogue. But I think if you know me well enough, narrative is not the only thing I love. I love when the when the mechanics engage the narrative. And so for yeah. me, I've come to realize how much I have missed playing PBTA games because I love how that volley of you pick a thing and now I have to incorporate it. Yeah. Happens so frequently. It's, it's the, also in. the reason. Yeah. Right. It's also the reason I'm not a hundred, like I'm not in love with Forge in the Dark Games because Forge in the Dark Games pushes all of that to the GM. Yep. And it's like, yes, but no. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, yes, it's pretty close, but no, it doesn't do the thing I like. And I really, upon some introspection, have really come to understand that I love the inspiration of being tossed a thing and on the spot and having to like come up with something. Yeah. And, and play through on it, right? Like, I just, I think it makes a better game. And I know for me as a GM, it goes from orchestrating pieces that I've already laid out. Yeah. To like, well, now I didn't expect the game to go in that direction. It, right? Like, So as a GM, we always talk about how the GM is also a player, right? Yeah. But I will say that Powered by the Apocalypse is one of the styles of games that makes me feel more like a player, right? Because I am engaging the game in a more similar way to the players yeah, at the table instead of like I go off and play my own game by myself and then I bring it to the table and then they play a game. Right? Yeah, and then like, they play through my game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I just I've been I didn't realize that um, it's been really nice for a year to have some very stable games. Yeah, I mean but, stability is great yeah. right now. But uh, but also <laughs> I was like, I need to vary this up a little. Like I need at least one of my games to not be a traditional game. Yeah. So actually, my DCC group was the one who made the decision that we could finish the current module and then uh, we're going to play the Sprawl. Yeah. Um, a game that I. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed before a game that I think they will um, I know a number of them have already played it they already they already liked it um, we're going to go back and play it again and I'm excited uh, because one I'm kind of having this like cyberpunk thing which yep. is pretty common I have the cyberpunk thing like you frequently know, it comes and goes but at least a couple of times a year yeah a couple times a year so it's a nice way to scratch that itch um, it's a genre that I love Right, it's a genre I'm super comfortable with. I can't read, um, wait till you read Gideon the Ninth, but please continue. No, no, I'm excited. I I do have a couple <laughs> of other. I have a couple of books that I got for Christmas, which are in my stack right now. Um, but I could see that by I could see in 2022 or 2021, I could be I could be reading Gideon the Ninth. It is 2020. You just need to be prepared. You need to be prepared that after I read it, I'm gonna want to run it. I know. I've been trying to figure out how to run it. Ever is it since thirsty I swords? Read it. Is it thirsty sword lesbians? Maybe. Well, have no fear because <laughs> because I will like. We're gonna have a conversation about it as soon as you've read it because I want to hear your thoughts on it. That's yeah, part of the yeah, reason that's you fine. need to read it. Yeah, that's good. So anyway, that's that's, <laughs> so that's a, the thing that's been giving me life is realizing, um, my it, it, like just come coming back to realizing that my excitement in a game is about playing where I don't know the game is going. Yeah. Right? 
as opposed to behold my beautiful story. Like I have played the, I've played the behold my beautiful story kind of game for decades. Well, the other one is really the, I, I want to also find out what story. Yeah. 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 Like we really are telling a story together. Right. Um, I I love being surprised. Like I love, like there is nothing I like more than at the end of a session going, huh. I had no idea where I thought that was going. (laughs) Right. Like I just like that to me is my favorite. That is my favorite experience. Not the, oh, this was a, you know, like this is a, you know, brilliant story you laid out, Phil. I get that. There are people who love that. I used to love that. But um, if you actually go on Gnome Stew, you can actually find a whole story about kind of my journey. Um, actually, it's not in Gnome Stew. I take that back. I'm sorry. It's in the anthology. Um, I'm the publisher for it. <laughs> Unframed. <laughs> it's like, in the anthology. You Unframed. Wrote it. You're the publisher? Like, yeah, I can't I wrote help the you essay. with this. <laughs> I wrote the essay about when I first discovered this kind of improv play Well, I, um, and I remember, my downward spiral. I remember um, when it impressed you that I ran a game off of an index card. I don't think that would impress you anymore. I, it still impresses me, but I now also can <laughs> do it. But now you can do it, too. Yeah. I, would, I mean... It, it always impresses me. I just now, like, I I mean, I, I took the time. I took a few years to learn how to do that. Yeah. Um, and I like it. I really like, I, I find that my GM enjoyment is derived from uh, playing in that unknown space and seeing where things go. Well, I mean, that was the thing that to me utterly made the difference, right? Like I played and I played and I played and I played and I didn't understand that as a GM, you could be anything other than sort of the architect, right? And as soon as I understood that I didn't have to be an architect and could actually like also engage while not knowing the story, um, that's when I started GMing because all of my previous attempts to (laughs) function as an architect didn't work. Like that, that architectural GMing, is not a style of GMing that I'm good at. I, I mean, I'm sure I could invest some time and learn how to do it, but I also don't know if I'm necessarily interested in doing that. But like, that was the thing, understanding the difference between those two modes and then that there were games that would give me the one that worked for me and support right. me in doing that. Like, that's what launched me into actually running games. And just to be clear one last time, because yeah. I, I can just, I can hear the Twitters firing up in the background. Yeah, we're talking about every, mechanic support. Mechanical every support. game does this on yeah. some level. Yeah. But other games have the mechanics of the game that also do this. Right. And it's that space that I really enjoy. Yeah. Um, so yes, like, I mean, I have played many a traditional game that have gone off the rails in interesting directions or whatever, but I like it better when the mechanics of the games, mechanic, mechanics of the games make that thing happen. Yeah. And consistently because seven to nine, again, seven to nine, baby. Frequently rolled roll. That is my faves. Yeah. All right. Cool. Very good. I'm watching the time carefully. Good. Yeah. We We are in the perfect, no, no, we are in the perfect space to um, now uh, switch gears and have a very uh, each brief um, each brief uh, what is giving us life outside of gaming segment good good so um, 
<laughs> so I have developed a plant obsession over the last um, four to five years, which has only intensified because pandemic. And I'm now a plant mom. And that's a true fact and a thing. And I'm learning all sorts of things about that. Well, yeah. because you are home now. I'm home. I, and so you have filled your house with more plants because you are plants. in this space. Because I I'm like looking them. in the background. You, I can see play I can see two separate plants. You can actually see three. There's one, two, three. Oh, there it is. Sure. Um, yeah. Okay. So like yeah, there's three there, and there's one over here and one up there and one over there, and now there's two up here. So I was like, there's this empty space behind my desk. No one can see it except for me, but it makes me sad that it's empty and weird, and it's like a weird thin space between the corner and the window. Mm -hmm. And I've been like staring at it ever since we painted this room, right? And it used to have a long, thin picture in it, which wasn't actually a picture. It was my five years of service at Apple, <laughs> signed by Steve Jobs. Um which I don't, I don't know. I don't, I mean, I don't know. Like, right. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that at this point. Um, but it needed something in it. And I was like, I could put a picture there, but I have like a bunch of pictures right next to it in the corner. And I'm like, well, okay. So then I was like, I think it needs a wall planter. Sure. And so I spent like three or four or five days yeah, <laughs> I don't know how long it was. It might have been six or seven. I, I spent a while, like, browsing all of the Amazon options because I knew that it needed to be white, and I knew like what space it needed to fit into. So it was like how big it needed to be within that space. And then like I was like I, I was thinking about like what kind of plants were going to be in there. But anyway, long story short, I bought a plant sconce, and. It's on my wall <laughs> behind my display, but up higher. And it has two baby spider plants because I have so many spider plants. I just keep propagating them. I'm like, oh, look, a baby with roots. Obviously, I should put it in another pot and put it in another place in my house. So my entire house is like being taken over by spider plants. And I don't have a problem with this. But it has two kinds and it has a stripy kind and a plain green kind. And um, they're going to grow so that they like swoop over but they're still little babies right now and i'm very pleased with it especially since i spend like all of my time in this room when i'm working yeah so there are many plants i love it there's another one over here and another one over there so there's like a lot of plants in here now anyway tell me you you did a food thing I did a food I did thing. A food. It was cinnamon rolls. I'm not going to talk about it. Phil did a food thing. <laughs> yeah, I did a food thing. So um, obviously, I've been watching a lot of TikTok because mm -hmm. uh, that's where I go and hide yes. during uh, you know dark times. Yes. And um, there has been this thing going around on TikTok where uh, you take a tortilla yeah. and you cut from the center out to the edge. So you cut a radii, yep. right? A radius. I should say radius, not radii. <laughs> you cut a radius. And then what you do is you basically look at the um, tortilla as four quadrants and you put four different things in the quadrants and then you fold it by taking the lower the lower left and folding it up to the upper left, the upper left over to the upper right, and then the um, upper right down to the lower right. And it makes a triangle with layers. Yes. Right. Delicious layers. Then you take that whole thing and you put it <laughs> in the pan with uh, some people do it in butter. 
right. which I'm going to do next weekend because I'm, I'm still working on this recipe, perfecting this recipe, whatever. All right. So I did a I, breakfast one. I've seen people doing it like also in like a panini grill so that you're doing both oh, sides at the same time. Oh, doing a panini grill. Right, yeah. I did it on a um, clean on a hot pan. Yeah. I did a clean hot pan, but you, I'm going to do it in butter, I think, um, just to make it golden and delicious. Mm-hmm. So I did a breakfast one, which I did. Um, I fried up some ham that I had mm-hmm. in one quadrant, uh, some eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, some cheese and uh, some leftover tater tots. Oh yeah, the tater tots. And then folded them up mm-hmm. and grilled it, uh, and it was c'est magnifique. So, so I'm gonna tell you that I almost bought tortillas as when I went grocery shopping earlier today just for this, and then I was like, nah, nah, nah. I have enough dinners, and I'm having regrets right now. I, <laughs> if you had told me you were thinking about it, I would have told you. To get them, I, well, it I was thinking. Was, I was actually thinking I could just make crepes again. <laughs> sure, sure. This is very different, right? This is first of all, I love warm tortillas, mm-hmm. right? I love I love pan fried tortillas. Um, the thing that I'm learning now that I've done it is that um, which quadrant things go into yeah. seem to matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think what I need to do for mine is like next time I'm going to do uh, whatever breakfast meat. Um, in the lower quadrant, eggs, potatoes, and then cheese because the, the cheese, cheese will then. Seals it. I'm going to probably put some cheese in with the eggs. Yeah. Just, you know, just a little cheese in with it. the eggs. Yeah. But what I found was I did the potatoes at the last one. Oh, it didn't and they stay were, together. It, it wound up yeah. staying together only because I kind of pressed it into place. Mm-hmm. But I think it would stay much better that if I put some cheese there, it would, because um, that'll hit the pan. Yeah, that'll glue right? it. Right? Because I'll put it that side down, it'll glue it shut. Yeah. Now, I did not have any problem with mine falling apart, but I'm like kind of reviewing, you know, like my after action report Mm -hmm. and having watched a few more TikToks on this. And I'm like, okay, um, quadrants matter. (laughs) Quadrants matter. I just need to kind of think through my quadrants. So anyway, um, it was it was delicious. And um, it requires just a little more breakfast prep because like I made my eggs like I scrambled them. Right. So I and I didn't even scramble my pan. I just pan fried them. Yeah. And just like took a chunk of them and put them in the right um, in the thing. In fact, I was I tried to be super efficient. I have this big pan and I put the ham on one side and I put the eggs on the other and just kind of tilted the pan until the eggs set. Yeah. And then they were curved because they were against the pan. So that was and when the I top. cut them, they and actually they... fit right into like they fit like little quadrants. Beautiful. Anyway, it's giving me life. I highly recommend it. If you just like warm, delicious breakfast stuff, um, it is a great brunch. I'm going to do it again this weekend for a brunch. If you do it for a brunch, you should probably um, show us. And that is a great way to get into the end of the show, which is uh, where we talk about how you can uh, reach us. But first, in order to get from delicious tortillas to how to find us on the internet, there is a segment in the way where you have to tell us about a show on the Mistractive Mark Network. It's true, and I'm going to tell you in another bespoke fashion as per the huge at this point. Did I just say the huge? Can I say that? No. I don't think I can say that. I think I'm too close to 40 to say no sorry sorry elder sorry elder millennial i don't think i don't think you i don't think you get that sorry (laughs) 
okay, the usual. Um, and, and that is, so tonight we're going to talk about Mastering Dungeons, which you may have previously known as Down With D&D with Sean and Teos. And what they do is they talk about the world's most popular role-playing game and all the stuff with it, all the cool new press releases, all the cool new books. They know so much about this game, y'all. <laughs> And it's a good show, and they have good chemistry and sound cool talking to each other. So you should probably go check it out. Yes. Yes. You should. Yes. Say, Senda, how do people find us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on the Misdirected Mark forums, which is forums.misdirectedmark.com. Or you can drop us an email. That's the other thing you can do for surezies. I remember what I'm saying. Panda at misdirectedmark.com. Or you can find us on the TikTok. You can. You can. Um, we're working. It, we're you we're. Can. It's a it's a fledgling. It's fledgling. Uh, effort. Just go check it out because there's like one video and you can go stitch it and like we have a cool topic that we're hoping to talk about but we didn't have the brain power for this week. Oh no! Not no, this week. it was a good topic, but it's like woof brain not excellent topic not for worky. Karen twelves, but not, not ready to not, not ready to brain. dive in. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's the next part? Oh, oh right. What do we do? What do we do? <laughs> once you have that information, once you find us, what do you, what can you do with that information? Yeah. Oh, so boy. send us some topics, some ideas, <laughs> things like that. Uh, it helps. Uh, we don't, you know, we try not to do these chit chats too often. We obviously did them a lot last year during the pandemic, and we really needed to do it this week. There is a good chance we'll be doing it next week, depending on yeah, what we'll it takes to get out of we'll this. See what um, happens. Yeah, so it's a thing. Um, but normally we like to talk about topics that you find interesting. Um, I'm going to just say this because I know I, I normally do a whole spiel about this, but here's what I'm going to say. Hmm. If you're like, ah, oh, that's probably not a good topic, just send us the topic. Yeah, just send because it to us anyway. somebody was like, I don't know. Can you talk about physically arranging your books? And we did a whole episode <laughs> like about it. Five minutes and we had to cut ourselves off. I promise you, if it's related to gaming, I, like we probably, probably could pull a show out of it. Yeah. Um, so don't hesitate. Um, if it's important to you, if it's going to help make your game better, um, it will also probably help somebody else's game. So get us that topic. We'll talk about it. Hopefully we'll say something useful um, and at least amusing. Mm-hmm. And um and hopefully we'll, you know, help, you know, give you some uh, ideas and directions and things like that. Like, um, that's what we're here for. We are, uh, look, we we talk all the time, but, um, <laughs> and it's not nearly this interesting or fun. Um, I don't know if that's not true. I, no, no. Um, but no, anyway, we love to. it's really interesting and fun, but, you sure, know. Sure, I agree. Y'all don't get all um, the conversation, just this one. No, no. This is, yeah. <laughs> but we like, we like having this conversation um, with you being a part of it. And the way that you're a part of it um, is by suggesting stuff to us. That's how, like, that's how you join us in this conversation. And we really enjoy that. Um, so thank you. Uh, please keep all those topics coming. If you like what we do here elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, you can support our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. Uh, patrons get all sorts of good things. Um, you get the uh, after show from the Misdirected Mark. You get the Bamboo Lounge. Yes. <laughs> um, from this show. And uh, you get access to our Slack Room for Life, which is a fantastic place. Um, it is uh, It is how I am weathering 
uh, these uh, this past year. Um, we, you know, we chat with each other. We share our life experiences. We talk about games. We even have face-to-face uh, time on Fridays with our luncheon. Named luncheon because I am East Coast centric and we have it when I'm having lunch. Yeah, fine, whatever. I mean, I'm hosting it, so we have it during when I'm having when lunch. Having Everybody lunch. else jumps in on your on their own time schedule. It's anyway second breakfast. <laughs> sure, absolutely. Um, and if you're in Europe, it's your evening time, whatever. Okay, so um, we thank you very much for your patronage. Uh, it is what makes all of this possible, and um. And we hope um, we just we'll just keep doing it. You keep patroning, we'll keep we'll keep podcasting. It's a great it's a great symbiotic relationship. Oh, now, if you're already backing the Patreon campaign, we thank you very much. If you're unable to back the Patreon campaign, we totally understand. Uh, but there is a thing we need you to do, which is to help spread the word. Um, we assume by now you've already told all your friends and family, and at least some of them are listening. If not, go back and tell them again. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tell them about the book sorting episode. You don't know. You they don't might know. find that interesting. They need to sort um, books. We're going to submit that for the Ennies. Oh, um, God. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. No. <laughs> we're not submitting it for the Ennies. We're not going to submit it for the Ennies, but I am going to say this. That's actually a pretty... We actually did a good job on that topic. We did a good job on that topic. I'm pretty proud I'm of it. I'm not going to edit that one down to 15 minutes and try to make it into an Ennies submission. Like, it's, just, it's not super exciting. No. All right. Anyway, let me get back to this. Sorry. Look, there's another thing you can do. It helps strangers find out who we are. Uh, because that is also important. Uh, we do like, look, we love you guys, but we would love to meet some new people too. Um, and you know, we can maintain all of our relationships. Like we can love you and we can love new people. Um, cause that's a thing that we're good at. So anyway, what's, how do we do that? How did, there's a thing you do to help, uh, strangers find our podcast. What is it? You can leave us a rating or review on Apple podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Every new review we get, wherever you put it really does actually help new people find the show show because when they go to look for a podcast in that place the reviews help us bubble up to the top or like grow up to the top with little bamboo shoots and leaves i don't know the metaphor is falling apart on me a little bit here um anyway we super duper appreciate all of the reviews that we've already got because they make us warm and fuzzy inside and like want to just like you know curl up (laughs) like a panda and roll down a hill um because they're great. So if you leave one somewhere that's not the U.S. Apple Podcast Store, you should probably let us know about it um, because we may not see it and we want to. We want to see them. We love seeing them. Thank you for writing them. We super appreciate it. Makes us very warm and fuzzy. Um, Indeed it does. And we want to thank you for it. Say, Senda, what pen are you going to try out first when your package arrives? Oh, my gosh. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. There we go. Excellent, excellent. Okay, just a little quick chit-chat uh, and save the rest for the Bamboo Lounge. Yeah, we don't really have to do very much up here at the beginning of the show. No, no, I just like some confirmatory waveform, uh, waveformities. I just, I want to see if you can hear my socks. Yeah, I think they're picking up.
No. <laughs> I can see tiny little waveform. Okay. So I just need to not rub my feet across the floor so yes. that I don't. Future Zenda is not mad at me. Okay. Okay. Very good. I feel like that's a thing a noise gate would take out, but who knows? Squeaky, squeaky socks? Probably, but I don't usually edit that much anymore. <laughs> oh, there we go. Excellent. All righty. Very good. Are we ready? Yes, we're ready. Okay. Bloop. Do, do. Do, 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 do